Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's a blessing to, to be up here, given the privilege to, to share the word with you. And there's something on my heart that I can't wait to release. So um, we just thank God. We thank the Holy Spirit in advance for what he's going to do in our hearts. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Okay. So today's message is called the capacity of the priest within. The capacity of the priest within. It's based on 1 Peter 2.9. So let's, let's go into it. Today I will pick ESV. Okay. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you, <clears throat> that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm just going to say that beginning bit again. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, yeah. a holy nation. I want us to really ponder this whilst I'm sharing. Being a believer sometimes puts you in a position where you have to take chances. Now, it's not blind faith, but there's always this snagging feeling in the back of your head, what if it's not God? And I've learned to step out. And God's calling us to step out. to respond to his spirit. And sometimes when God speaks, it's something that doesn't really make sense. Can I engage you in a personal story? Now and again, I like to go on retreats. I go away, I seek the Lord. I've got a thing about desserts. I love desserts. I love custard. Don't ask me why, I just love it. My favorite dessert is a, a jam sponge cake with custard. Mm. Mm. When I go to my hotels, I always order it. God knows, he knows me. It's happened four times. Each time I phone Uber to drop it to me, the custard is cold. Now, to you, you may think, this isn't a big thing. What's this? Pastor Andrew's on the platform. He's talking about cold custard. What's his problem? Four times this has happened. I go into the notes in Uber. And I say, one time I've done it in capital letters. Please warm up the custard. It came. Guess what? It was cold. I got angry. Three days ago, same thing happened. I ordered in hope, cold custard. It came, I was really disheartened. And I asked the Lord, Lord, why? You know I like dessert, you knew this, this was planned. I was about to eat the cake and cold custard. And then I heard the Lord say something. Are you ready? Put the cup of cold custard 
in the kettle. I would like the, the team in the back to put something. Now, this was not my mind. This was the Lord. The kettle was on, the custard was warm. There was a Nigerian woman, she was the cleaner. She was cleaning outside. I'm Nigerian. And for some reason, Nigerians have the, an ability to hum, and you can hear their accents in their humming. <laughs> I don't know how it's possible, but it happens. So I was hearing this woman outside. Now, you have to understand, whilst I'm hearing the humming, I'm in my room with this. And I'm thinking, oh, what happens if she comes inside? What will she think of me? What madness is this? She knocks on the door. She opened the door. She saw it. She said, eh. <laughs> it put me in a funny position. I looked odd to her, but I stepped out. And I ate my actually hot custard. Principle of the story. Sometimes God is going to say things that doesn't make sense. But if it's God and you accept what you're hearing, it's going to be a God thing, a good thing. Yeah. That, as simple as that was, was a good thing. <laughs> now, Pastor Mark was talking earlier about those, the priesthood, those walking in the priesthood, they have the ability to connect people. True, Pastor Mark. Their ability to connect people is because they are, themselves are connected to God. I'll say that again. Their ability to connect people to God is based on the provision that they themselves are connected to God. In spirit and in truth. Stepping out for God. What else does the priesthood lifestyle look like? Can we identify it in scripture? Where? What's this priesthood stuff you're talking about? What is this? Let's go to Hebrews 8, verse 1. Now, the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in, true, in, the, in the true tent that the Lord set up. Not man. This is referring to, to Moses' tabernacle. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if... We, now, if... He were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts 
according to the law. He's talking about us. Our lifestyles should be a constant offering of spiritual sacrifice. I want to say this. We have been called to suffer. Let me just see anyone who's twitching. We've been called to suffer. Andrew, what do you mean? Not persecution, that will come. Some are already being persecuted. But the suffering I'm talking about is suffering to the flesh. Let's give an example. Do you know how hard it is? We should all know to let things go. You know when you've been hard done by? You're upset. The worst thing is, it was a person in the church. They should have known better. Now I'm hurting. What should I do? Often when we're operating in the flesh, what we'll do is do something that makes sense to us. And what makes sense to us in those moments isn't something God would do. The Bible says, allow God to be your vindicator. It's a hard thing to do. Pastor Angie, what do you mean? Does that mean I should just let it go? Because if I let it go, I'm agreeing with what they're doing. I can't let it go. Fine, I won't say something bad, I won't do something bad, but I will hold it against them. What is so sad about that is this one simple thing. As you hold that against them, you're not receiving what God has for you. You have to let it go. And she has to answer her phone. Now, the reality is this. What I'm asking you to do, what the word is asking you to do is impossible. You can go to a psychotherapist and they can tell you this is what you should do. You know, have you, it's so funny. When you hear instructions with a peaceful mind, it makes complete sense. Of course I should do that. Yeah, that makes sense. But in the heat of the battle, what made so much sense, you had no power to do. This is Philippians 2.13. For it is he who gives you both the power and the ability to do his work. Allowing God to be your vindicator is one of the ways of living a priestly life. What else is there? How? Let's talk about this. This is a representation of what the high priest would wear. It's got its bells, it's got everything. This is the breastplate of righteousness. But I want to talk about two things. The breastplate of righteousness and this. This, what this reads, is holy to the Lord. The Bible says you have the ability to forgive someone 70 times 7 times a day. Can you imagine? 
Who's the mathematicians here? How, how, what's the number to that? 70 times 7. 490. Can you forgive the same person 490 times in one day? I know some people, after the second time, what's going on here? It's impossible. But the reality is, in God's strength, in God's power, walking in God's love, the impossible is possible. Being able to forgive. If you can forgive someone 70 times, seven times, it means you are walking in love. When you're walking in love, you will walk in perpetual forgiveness. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter how many, what they do. It doesn't matter how many times they say it. It doesn't matter how many times they do it. You will be able to forgive. This is not human thinking. It's impossible. But by his grace. How do we tap into this? This impossible way of living, this priestly lifestyle. How can we tap into this? It starts off with one very simple thing. Do you believe that Jesus has made you righteous? I know you're thinking, oh, give me something deeper. But the truth is, that is the depth that you need to walk in every day. The Bible says this. But the beautiful thing about the Bible, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> mm. The beautiful thing about the Bible is that the, word, the, the Bible is the word of God. And the word of God is truth. Get ready for this. Until you believe that word, it's not true to you. Listen to that. That's a big one. Until you believe the word of God, which is truth, it won't be true to you. It's only when you believe the truth, the truth comes into you and empowers you. The unfolding of his word gives light. So the question is, how does this word unfold? Because simply reading isn't enough. You have to come into the presence. Let me give you a very basic principle, Genesis chapter 1. When God speaks, his word will rest in the Holy Spirit. From there, the Holy Spirit will just do as the word says. Meaning, the main thing we're striving for, you know people say, oh, you need to, you, I need to increase my faith. To, no, no, no. Listen, make it very simple for you. Allow the word of God that you read to bring stillness to your soul. Be still and know that I am God. Let me go through a process here. Allow it to bring stillness. As it's bringing stillness, you don't know this, but you're being guided to the presence of the Holy Spirit. There'll be a moment you'll start reading and you'll think to yourself, what? Well, I've read this many times, but for some reason, it seems bigger. It seems deeper. It seems more revelatory. How is this possible? The Holy Spirit is illuminating the eyes of your understanding. Ephesians 1.18. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your soul is required for the unfolding of the word that you've been reading. Oh. 
you're righteous in the name of Jesus Christ. Until the Holy Spirit brings the reality of that word, you will know it theologically, you will know it intellectually, but you won't walk in the reality of it. When you're walking in the reality of your righteousness, that was a free gift by grace, automatically you'll start to realise I'm holy to the Lord. I'm set apart. All of a sudden, the thing that you've been declaring, I'm a child of God, I'm loved by God, I'm justified, I'm redeemed, I'm delivered. All of a sudden, you start to realise, whoa, I am. I am. When you start believing at that level, let me tell you what's happened. You've started to release the priest within. Too many Christians are aware of the concept but don't walk in the reality. Why is the priest within so important to be released? Because it's your calling. It's your calling. It's your purpose. All of our general purposes as a Christian is to walk in a priestly way. Let me connect this priestly way to a word that you're more familiar with. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ himself is the great high priest. The verse I just read is that he is seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. The word also says that you, the believer, are seated in him in these heavenly places. When the reality of heaven becomes real to your heart, you know the kingdom of God. Let me tell you this, brothers and sisters. This concept, my words concepts, it's all about the love of God. Saying that sometimes seems so undermining to me because the love of God is so big. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Yeah. But if you're not experiencing eternal life, you're not loving him back. Love is perfected in its receiving and communicating back. You can't just say he loves me and not receive it. If you don't receive it, you can't love him back. And if you can't love God, you can't love people. And if you can't love people, you can't love yourself. That's what the Bible says. It says, love her, Andrew, as if she's yourself. If this heart reality isn't true, as a Christian, you're simply professional. You haven't been called to be a professional Christian. 
you've been called to release the spirit of Christ that you received by faith. You've been called to fall in love with God each day. For your love for him to grow deeper. And as you are constantly reminding yourself of who he is and what he's done, guess what? Thanksgiving and praise arises. And as this arises, the reality of Christ in you begins to manifest. Do you know, everyone declares that that word, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The biblical definition of hope isn't a wish. So don't read it and say, Christ in you, we wish is the glory. No, really what it means is this, Christ in you, the expectation to be revealed. So that means as believers, there are expectations. There are expectations. Now I could say to you this, the expectation is for you to come to church. The expectation is for you to be really nice. The expectation is for you to smile. The expectation is for you to hug. You can do all of those things. But if it's not connected to the source, then it's still you doing it. Remember what Pastor Mark said. Priestly living. Proof of it is that you'll just be able to connect people to God. <laughs> We're called to reveal Christ to this dark world. We've been called in the face of your situations that you're going through, and we're all going through situations. The situation you're going through is not the truth. The word of God is the truth. So when the word of God received becomes truth in you, it illuminates your mind. So you think in a way that allows you to reveal Christ and allow Christ to be the one that responds in that situation. You're free. You're free from trying to do things yourself. You don't need to identify with what your dad said to you, what your mom didn't give to you. You don't have to identify with your haters, with, your, with, the, with the gossip. You don't need to identify with any of that. In fact, in the face of all of that, you are called as believers to identify with the one who already lives within. So you literally have to blind yourself to everything that's going on in your life. And when you do and put your focus, your attention, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of the faith, when you do that, you begin to walk by faith. In your workplace, in your home, in your workplaces and in your homes are crying out for more of Christ. They're crying out for more priestly behavior. Guys, don't worry, you don't need to go on Amazon and buy this. Okay? Just in case you're thinking, ah, I need to really look the part. The reality is, it's not about what you're physically wearing. Romans 13, 14 says, clothe yourself in the presence of Christ. So when God is real to you, you're clothed. 
When God is real to you, heart and mind, then he's seen. When Christ is real to you, oh, then you're free from self. All of a sudden, you start quoting scripture by accident. Oh, wow, it's, not, it's no longer me that's living. It's Christ in me. You start to agree. How do we know this isn't in operation? The Bible talks about the works of the flesh. And the works of the flesh are many. But let's talk about one that's a bit more relational. What's your attitude towards people? One thing that Pastor Mark's been saying constantly, it's like sometimes I hear it when I sleep, is that it's church family. How many people in your church family are you not speaking to right now? Yeah, but Pastor A, I haven't spoken to them in years. What's your problem? It's not my problem. But the reality is that you're revealing that there is a problem. And that problem that you're revealing is taking the space that Christ wants to reveal through you. Let's talk about another one. Maybe you critique a lot. Maybe in the person's face, happy. High five, you jump. They jump as well. You walk away. What a plonker. And we become so used to it. The fact of the matter is, if you're used to that, there's a good sign that the priest isn't being seen. I don't want anyone to think I'm speaking from a place of constant reality. Mm -mm. But when this revelation hits me, I fall. Because I have to ask myself the question. I don't like what she does. I don't like how she goes about doing it. How interesting. I'm simply revealing, not what I'm seeing, I'm revealing an issue in me. Let me use Bible here for a second. Don't judge your brother with the splint in his eye when you've got a big piece of log in yours. How interesting, when the reality of the priest isn't real to us, it defines what we see and how we see and what we're looking for. So as a result, what you'll find sometimes is that your friendship circles are circles full of people that you like, but what you like about them are fleshly assets. When the Bible says, know no man by the flesh, which means your only alternative is to walk in the love of God. Because the love of God will see beyond the flesh. So now your talk will be a bit like this. I don't like what they do. I don't really want to draw close to them because I feel uncomfortable. Do you know? The people you feel uncomfortable with is because you have fear in your heart about them. I can't draw close to them because what will they do 
or say based on what they see in me. But the reality is, when you're walking in the love of God, that mentality is not there. That thinking is not there. What's really interesting that's not spoken about that much is that there is divine wisdom in the love of God. So all of a sudden, you won't be saying and doing certain things around them in the first place. And now, how you see them has got nothing to do about what they say and what they do towards you. But it's how God sees them. I tell you this. Hmm. This revelation hit me this week. Mm-mm-mm. I just wanted to slap that revelation away. But the reality is, this is part of the suffering I'm talking about. Allow the flesh to suffer. Sometimes it's going to be ups- it's hard to apologize. Sometimes it's hard to send that text message and say, you know what? Shouldn't have done that. But if you keep on believing, not in the situation, what was done, but if you keep on believing in what Jesus has done, that you are set apart to the Lord, then there is grace in that reality that allows you to do the impossible. The Bible says that his grace is sufficient. So this message is about learning how to tap into the grace. Because if I tap into the grace, I release the priest. So what's the main principle? How? And you've got me excited now. Tell me how. How? This is how. You ready? I won't, say, I won't continue until you say yes. Uh-huh. This is how. Your prayer life. The high priest was a minister to the Lord. As priests, we do the same thing. Ministry to the Lord isn't about you being in a ministry. Mm -mm. Ministry to the Lord is you walking in the reality of the presence of the Lord. And anything you do from that place is ministering unto the Lord. So if someone in the children's ministry is in the creche and and that reality is true to them, not only are they being a blessing to the children's ministry, they're ministering unto the Lord. Cell leaders, when they're walking in this reality, they're not just doing cell, they're ministering unto the Lord. Your prayer life is the centerpiece to knowing that you're walking by grace. Why? Because we are called to enter the throne room of grace. So if you're not in the reality of the throne room of grace, you're probably not going to be walking by grace. Just in case, I'm hearing in the spirit. That sounds like works. It's not works. We're called to put ourselves in a position, rest. In that position, Christ works through us. If you're going to strive for anything, strive to enter into that rest. 
And in that rest, he becomes real. So that means this. Every morning you're going to wake up with issues from yesterday, fears of tomorrow, anxieties of the, of, of the day. God's saying this, give it all to him and reconnect with the reality that he's already paid for you to experience. This is the abundant life. This is the place that when you speak, it changes destinies. This is the place that when you lay hands, it's not your hands, it's his hands. This is where demons flee. This is where offense falls off. This is your call. I just want to invite the worship team on. You see, your calling is to reveal the kingdom of heaven on earth. God, if he wanted to, could have done a complete takeover and take over the land. But what's the point of taking over the land if the people on the land are not responding to his will? So he said, it would be far better to establish the kingdom of God initially in their hearts first. And when that becomes real, they can disciple someone. And that person can do it and do again. And all of a sudden, the word of God is prevailing in London. Christ is being seen in London. And it's not your works, it's his. Now, you may be a person, someone who doesn't know Jesus right now. This is now for you. When this isn't a reality, we are living in a deception. When anything means more than knowing God's love for you, which reveals the priest in you, when anything means more than that, it's deception. For God so loved the world, he didn't want people to walk in deception. He didn't want them to be slaves to this deception. So the truth, the light came into the world. It came into the world to set you free from it. Unmerited favor. He didn't do it because you look good. He didn't do it because you deserved it. In fact, you didn't deserve it. But the grace came because of his selfless love. His desire was simply to share his hymnus with you. Pastor A, but what happened if you don't understand? I, I've done so much. I've done so much. Guess what? I don't know what you've done, but he does. And because he knows what you've done, that's why he died. So you have no excuses. It's a free gift. And yes, we go to heaven. But first of all, heaven begins to flow through us. If you want to 
accept this message is true to you. You didn't accept it because it came out of my mouth. You accept it because you're actually unknowingly hearing from the Holy Spirit.